interrupt our program to bring you a special broadcast. Quiet since the boys in green went back. What kind of sh sh show is this, anyway? From the shores of Summer Lake in Tigard, Oregon, it's the Portland Tim Beers Podcast, a show featuring two guys who love craft beer and Portland Timbers soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Jason and Gary. Tim Beers, I'm Jason. And I'm Gary. We're the uh, Portland Tim Beers. We talk about beers, soccer, and pretty much whatever else. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, everybody out there thinking we were dead, gone, not coming back, guess what? We're back. We are indeed back. Well, um, here we are. little hiatus. Um, <laughs> little. Not, sh- not sure what we've been doing, so... Life really got in the way. Well, we are um, three fourteen on a Saturday, July thirtieth. Where do you think we were at? Pretty sure it was Oregon Beer Fest. Brew Fest. Yeah. yeah, we hit the Brew Fest at noon. Blew out home by three. Burned the ten tickets. Had a little uh, interlog with uh, Art Lawrence. Yep. So yep, uh, yep. Brew Fest is going well. It's a hundred degrees, or at least supposed to be today. Ooh, it was definitely hot. It was hot. Yeah, so here we are. But uh, glad to be back. So it's been a while. Well, um, I guess on tap today we have a little bit of Brewfest talk. And we have an interview with Eric out at Silver Falls Brewing. So yep. we had a, made a trip out that way and uh, learned a little bit about what they've got going on. So look forward to listening to that. Cool. Cool. Well, so what do you got going on, dude? So it's been like uh, four or five months since we recorded anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's been going? You got any beer in the... I mean, you've done a couple beers. I've done a couple beers. Um, I did a coffee red ale with the Guinness uh, coffee beans. And then I also did a pineapple kolsch. Um, yeah. And then I've also done a black IPA. Sweet, sweet. Um, so what's your favorite? I'm going to have to say the Pineapple Kolsch. Uh, it was pretty phenomenal. Um, very light, very refreshing. Just a hint of the pineapple. Perfect for these hot summer days we're having right now. So I know Pano's done a pine- Pineapple Kolsch. Um, I mimicked my recipe after that. Who'd yeah. you uh, mimic after that? Was it a Pano or would you make up your own? Nope. What I did was I took my Kolsch recipe and just dumped 40 ounces of pineapple puree into it and called it good. So where'd you do the pineapple puree from? Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here, but I use all their purees. I believe, I believe it's Oregon, Oregon Fruit, Fruit Company. Company. Yeah. 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 And it took me a long time to find that that pineapple puree because it was so popular. And when I found it, I bought it. I think I bought it last year. Um, so it sat there until this summer. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing the pineapple colch, brewed it. And I think I've got four bottles of that left. It just blew out the doors. Wow. Jeez. Well, so I know I've got a Pono Kolsch, or your Kolsch sitting here, and I have a Pono Kolsch sitting yes. here. So I'm interested in trying them side by side. It, it will be interesting. Yeah, it's good. And so you did a dark Pilsner or a dark lager? Yeah, I did. There's a, a gal that I work with uh, out my out at my undisclosed location Yeah. that uh, in college she took some brewer's courses and she designed a black IPA recipe. And she wanted me to do it on my system so she could compare it to what she would brew. Uh, and she did it as an extract, and I did it as an all-grain. Um, huh. I wasn't overly thrilled with it. It was good, but it's still missing something. And I think it, it just needs... A different maybe hop variety or a better dry hop um, technique than what I would what I did to it. Huh. So, well, I know you and I a few months back, the spruce tips were starting to uh, come yes. into uh, what fruition. Yes. Uh, we went and picked out about what about a pound of uh, fruit tip. We spruce I tips? think we picked. Um, I don't think we got a pound. I think we only got like four ounces. It was okay. something sick. Okay. Because it took a lot of them oh, to get any weight. Oh, it was a crap ton. Uh, and I was going to use that in the black IPA recipe. But now, I think I'm going to put that into the uh, Oktoberfest beer. So, good segue. So, now you're moving to Oktoberfest. You're starting yes. to plan for that. Um, what do you got in mind? So, you talked a little bit about spruce tips, but what are you thinking? Any other twists? You know, I don't know. Um, I think I'm just going to go with, with the... The traditional Marzen recipe that I've got, not trying to do anything fancy outside of that except add the spruce tips and find out what that actually does to the flavor of the beer. Sweet. Good. Well, um, I have not brewed anything. I've got some other corn-based <laughs> type drinks going. And, and sanitizer <laughs> projects. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, but I'm actually pretty excited about the one I've got. So I did a uh, true corn mash with... Malted corn that I malted myself. Um, and so we're, I'm excited to see how that spins out. I plan on distilling that down. And I guess since uh, our last recording, I've got two batches of um, a type of tequila, a blue agave syrup used with yeah. um, it's pure blue agave syrup with denatured sugar, only a little bit. And it's actually sitting on a barrel now, and so we're actually making a tequila that's going to be oak barrel aged for roughly a year. So next Cinco de Mayo, we'll drink this bad boy and see how it tastes. Yes, you will. So I'm pulling samples off like every once in a while. Um, Just to find out where it's at. um, Yeah, I guess you could say that. (laughs) (laughs) Generally, it's like somebody comes over and I'm like, hey, try this. And Debbie's like, that's the shittiest stuff ever. You know what? The funny thing is, it's going to be like that until it's not. True story. 
What? Or or it could be like that all the way through, and I'll it just could make be. a margarita out of it. Could so, be. Yeah, could it's, be. Uh, but it, it's good. It's fun. So, and I used that uh, barrel that I got, that stainless steel yeah. slash wood oak face barrel, right? Made out of Eugene. So, yeah. We'll see and how since it goes. it's smaller, you're actually getting the oak flavor uh, faster than you would in a larger barrel size. Yeah, and I've got a rocket, and I th- I threw in. We talked about this. Um, I threw in an oak stave into it okay. um, that's more charred than the actual oak face bar- yeah. uh, part of the barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I'll pull some interesting caramel notes out of the oak stave. Um, but, yeah. And so, you, you plan on doing that for an entire year? Oh, it's not it's not going to be drinkable until October, or not October, May 5th. So how long have you had it in there now? Since about May 5th. It'll be a one-year, one-year. So at three months, what they're saying with those, the uh, smaller barrels like that, three months is like the equivalent to like five years or yeah. some crazy thing. As long as you rock it, right? Because it's all about contact of right. the spirit right. with the oak. The surface area right. with the oak. So yep. and if it's just sitting there stagnant, then yeah, not a thing. No. Um, but I but I rock it every couple of weeks. And then, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see how it tastes. So, so I've you're got, like I said, for like a, a 10 to 15 year barrel-aged spirit. Yeah, very, 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 uh, like, deeply oaked, like, almost caramely is what I want out of it. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and I've I've got a couple tequilas that I bought in Mexico last trip that are, like, 7 to 10-year age. Yeah. And they're unlike anything you can buy on the shelves. Like, very caramely, vanilla-y, and that's kind of what I want. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, And then this bourbon that I'm doing, this or this theoretical bourbon um <laughs> hand sanitizer bourbon yeah i'm gonna i i was watching uh one of the tv shows that does stuff on distilling yeah and they talk about taking it and putting it into a soda keg so i have that one gallon corny keg yeah that yeah, I got. yeah yeah and they say actually to throw all your oak in there and then pressurize it up to the point where uh uh, right before the pressure relief valve pops. So okay. pretty decent pressure on it and hold it for 24 hours. And that's equivalent to seven years of aging. Oh, interesting. So if you do it for 24 hours, nope. eight, like that's it's seven years of aging. So every 24 hours under pressure. I'm not sure that was to said, seven years. but they said what I pulled out of it was 24 hours is seven years. So who knows how they came up with that? Well, sure. So th- I'm going to take that corn mash yeah. and do exactly that. Put in that one gallon soda keg, throw the oak in, and see what I can get. Well, how much how much corn stuff did you do? Um, there's six gallons, so that'll yield that'll yield probably about three quarters of a gallon. Oh, so it won't even do the full gallon then? No. Well, and you need room for the oak and all that. Gotcha. Stuff, okay. So, yeah, okay. So. I was going to say, because I've got one of those small little gallon-and-a-half guys yeah. uh, as well. Yeah. So, no, it's just a little run. Um, so we'll see. It should be a decent little deal. So, good. All right, man. Well, that is a uh, hot beer talk. Um, I guess uh, I've got a Marzen I need to do before I leave out of town. Yep. So I think I'm going to do a little smoked Marzen. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of debating because... If you do the spruce tip, maybe I should have a lighter type Festa beer like I did last year. Yeah, in case mine doesn't go over so well. Yours might go over well. Might. Yeah, spruce tips. Spruce tip Marzen. And locally harvested. I don't even think I've heard of a spruce tipped Marzen. I think they're organic. 
And I think it's a blue spruce that's in your yard, wasn't it? Yeah, and I pee on that tree, so you know the roots. That's organic. Oh, boy. Not where we harvest it. I can't pee up that high. God, thank God. Thank God. (laughs) Good. All right. Well, let's uh, switch over to Beer Kickstarter. Kickstart my heart. Ooh. All right, beer Kickstarter, kickstart my heart. Um, this is where we uh, review Kickstarter campaigns that are focused on beer brewing, things like that in the craft yeah. beer world. So um, we've got 2,300 projects to explore. Holy We're only going to explore our three of them. So <laughs> it's been a while. There's never been that many. Uh, I think that's like everything in a whole. So Okay. Okay. Um, so we've got, first and foremost, out of Europe, it looks like uh, so far 506 euros. Do you even know what that translates to? Yes. One or $506 actually Oh, today. does it? Is yes. it one-to-one today? It is one-to-one. This is the Brew Gooders Beer and Comics Podcast Anthology Comic. <laughs> so I'm not sure what we got going on here. We got a lot going on. You got comics, podcasts, beer, all sorts of stuff. Um, but it's saying in 2019, Jeff and Colin set up a podcast called The Brew Gooders, and it was just in response to the uh, craft beer shop. And essentially, what they did is they started uh, picking up a few comics and a few beers, and then reviewing them on their podcast. Ah, oh, and so okay. uh, they want this thing to go big. We are now over 140 episodes. They say, "Wow!" And we want to do something else to say thanks and to celebrate comics. So, if you're interested in beer and comics, um, you can pledge. And they've got 34 backers. Now, they have 616 since we've been sitting here. Yeah. uh, Folks that have done it. They have an 1,825 euro or dollar goal goal and 50 days to go. They're just about halfway where they need to be. Yeah. So, uh, basically, if you give one euro, you get a thanks. They say thank you. And for five euros, digital copy of the anthology. Let's see if I if I get fifty euros, you get a comic physical bundles. So they're actually going to send you a copy of the anthology of all their indie comics, and these are true like comics on beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're going to send them to you for fifty euros. Oh, that could be so interesting, right? So they've got nine of those left out of ten total. Um, but yeah, sounds kind of cool. There you go. So if you're interested in beer and comics, um, support these guys. It's called the uh, the Brew Gooders Beer and Comics Podcast Anthology. So I hope you guys make it. And uh, number two, here's the Ice Divide. It's a beer glass made for cold beer lovers. Hmm. Any ideas what this the bad boy is? Mm-mm. So it looks like one of those frozen uh, molds that you pour water into, and it makes a glass out of ice. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me. Um, but we're looking at this thing, and it says, Ice Divide is a beer glass designed to keep beer cold for a long time without watering it down. Tells me the ice never touches the beer. It says, when the beer heats up, the sensory sensations relating to taste are progressively flattened until they substantially cancel out. Yeah. That's why this is the perfect ice glass. So you fill it with ice upside down. Yep. Then you put a cap on the bottom. It's a silicone cap. You flip it, 
And then the ice, basically there's a cone on the inside where the ice is sitting. Okay, yeah. And you fill it up. And then your beer never waters down because there's ice inside. There's ice in it. So, again, kind of cool. Um, novel little idea. Uh, let's see what they're asking for. So they are looking for uh, $56,000. Holy moly. They're at fifty nine eighty one. They've got 22 backers with 17 days left to go. Got a long shot here. Long shot. Um, 12 euros. So we're doing euros here, kids. Um, you get a bargain price ice divide one. So you get a, basically a, a, a glass. A glass. Yeah. Yep. Uh, super early bird. You get an ice divide two. You get a pack of two glasses. Okay. And then let's go down here. If you do 300 euros, you get a box with 12 glasses and a beer dispenser. Only 50 packs available. I don't know what that means. Huh. But you get a, essentially 12 glasses and a beer dispenser. Interesting. So there you go. So kind of cool. Again, upside down glass. Looks like the bottom is hollowed out. You throw ice cubes in the bottom, cap it off. Ice doesn't uh, melt the beer, or doesn't melt in the beer. So Interesting. Kind of interesting. I'd be interested to actually see how that works. Yeah. Right? And it looks like they have a couple of different uh, shaped glasses for that. Yeah, it looks like they've got the little uh, thistle glass, ice divide glass, and an old-fashioned glass. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, it, well, it, one of those looked almost like it was a pint glass, and the other one looked like a Pilsner glass. So Yeah, I don't know. they got architectural things here all sorts of stuff here but anyways all right well there you go so that is the uh kickstarter for ice divide if uh, go to kickstarter and take a look at that hopefully those guys get funded and i'm scrolling through here you've got tortured souls brewing company which is our third um they basically were looking for 67 backers that pledged thirteen thousand bucks to bring this thing to life um, it actually has now expired. So it was uh, last updated July 26th. Looks huh. like they made it. Cool. Um, they are a small batch manufacturer of beer and seltzers. And so they're out of Pittsburgh. Angela and Scott Wyman basically want to expand their business. And if you had pledged some money here, let's see, entry, you got a glass for 25 bucks. Uh, for 1500 bucks, you got your very own Tortured Souls party. So for 50 people, kind of cool. And for thirty five hundred bucks, you got to be the brewer, man. They brought you in and you brewed a beer. That would have been the way to go. Yeah, that's what I say. Thirty yeah. five hundred bucks. Thirty five hundred bucks. Go brew for a day. Two thousand bucks. You got your own bar stool. Well, the beauty of it is, you pay thirty five hundred. You go in, you brew a beer. If you're decent, they may hire you on. Yeah, I know. If you're if you're ass kicker and you go in, they're like, dude, you need to stay. Hell yeah. You are the brew god. You're the brew god. Yeah, we want you to stay. Well, there you go. So, Brewed Gooders, Beer and Comics, Ice Divide, and the Beer of Hope. Kickstarter my heart. No, no, no. That wasn't Beer of Hope. Oh, that was not Beer of Hope. Yeah, no, yeah, it yeah. was not. No. Beer of Hope we should have looked at. But that was Tortured Souls Brewing that was Tortured Company. Souls Brewing. Souls. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Good point. Yeah. Good point. All right. Kickstarter my heart. buddy kickstarted my heart there we are there it was there it was long More time money. since we've done that long time you got some cash you want to put time towards one of those not yet not yet no yeah. i'm still waiting wait my turn find something that's good yeah 
Well, um, so let's see. What do we got here? We've got an interview with uh, Mr. Eric from Silver Falls Brewing. Here yep. a few, few weeks ago, I stopped by the brewery. Um, this is a place that you and I had been targeting to stop at for some while. And then COVID hit. And then COVID hit, yeah. yeah. So these guys have been going. Um, they've got a hell of a marketing team. Um, their marketing team is very, very strong and very active on social media. And then when I stopped by, dude, the menu, unbelievable. Yeah. And the food off the menu, fantastic. Good. And then I had the beers. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah fantastic. All the way around. Good so. to hear great place so if you're heading out to uh again willamette valley east of salem mount angel silverton uh malala that whole area uh silverton's got this place called silver falls brewery great place check it out so good to hear here's the interview with silver falls brewing all right it's jason from the tim beers here and i'm at silver falls brewing and uh or brewery and uh Sitting here in Silverton, the town of Silverton. So I'll let you introduce yourself to the listeners and talk a little bit about what Silver Falls Brewery is about and where you're at. Yeah, my name's Eric Drewliner. I'm one of the founders of Silver Falls Brewery. And uh, we started back in 2015. Um, and we're just tucked into the historical town of Silverton. And, uh, you know, we, we brew some great traditional beers and we kind of, you know, try to incorporate uh, the Silver Falls State Park and its beauty and uniqueness into uh, our craft. Cool. So we are sitting here in the grain room, and we're looking down on this beautiful stainless steel brewery that you've got set up here. So how long have you been here at this site? And uh, why don't you introduce us to a little bit about your background in brewing? Um, yeah, so we we started back in 2015. We opened up a tap room in downtown in 2017. And then right before, let's well, see, late 2019, we broke ground on, on kind of merging the brewery and our tap room into a full restaurant and a 10-barrel production system, which we got all up and running uh, this last year in March. So we've been just over a year on the, on the new system coming from a, a two-barrel system. And cool. Let's see. I started brewing, basic home brewing, uh, doing a lot of Belgian beers, and then uh, kind of branched off and, you know, got licensed on a 10-gallon homebrew setup, and it just took off from there, and, and we couldn't keep up. So our uh, our listenership is generally nano guys, guys that are looking at starting, homebrewer guys that are looking at starting. So you've done that transition. You're a homebrewer guy. You made the big step in. I'm looking at a two-barrel setup from Stout Tanks, so we love Stout Tanks. Uh we uh, are brewing on stout tanks type stuff. So how was that transition? Talk to us a little bit about that transition to go from, again, smaller scale homebrew guy to something a little bit larger to, again, full production brewing where you're doing self-distribution now. Yeah, you know, it's like we did a lot of the same thing, a lot of the articles and a lot of the you know, videos and, and researching of you know, how to start, where to start. And it, you really have to be dynamic if you're going to start small like we did. Um, you know, we started out with a one barrel stout tanks and, you know, it was like, well, I don't like to do double batches into two barrels in a day. So like, that's when we upgraded the, the, the kettles to two barrel. Um, but it was originally like on a property of mine. So, and it's a big garage, big detached shop that we converted one of the big bays into, uh, the brewery space and you have to be innovative. You have to be willing to like just DIY projects from an igloo cooler and a window air conditioner for your glycol system. <laughs> Um, to building in your own walk-in cooler with the cool bot. I mean, it's all the research that everybody does, and it's like you just got to piece it together. 
Um, and you kind of have to grow organically. And some of the articles I read is like, oh, if you don't buy a whole setup that's seven barrels or bigger, you don't make money, right? It's like, well, you got to be creative where, you know, we didn't technically have a mortgage or a lease, you know, for a number of years because it was on my property. Um, so you can do it. It's just being creative and transitioning into that and just taking the steps of, I mean, we just put anything that we made, you know, we put everything back into it to make your time more efficient, uh, like the one barrel to two barrel, which then opens up, hey, now I can have an afternoon of cleaning kegs. Mm. Um, so it's all those transaction costs, not necessarily monetary value, but just what's taking your time. Mm. Uh, what is prioritizing of like upgrading equipment? Um, and then eventually when, you know, jumping from a two barrel system to a 10 barrel system, we've been brewing for a number of years and our name got out there and we knew we were making great beers. Uh, we were able to brew the same beer lots on a smaller system to be able to fine tune it of where we wanted it. And so transitioning from the two barrel to a 10 barrel system was, it's still a big learning curve, but we knew the taste, we knew what direction we could go to bring that beer back to where uh, our standards were. Because um, it's not just a linear scale, it's it's a new system, it's trial and error again. You have to kind of start back over. But um, So then once we kind of got caught up this last year with our 10-barrel system, it was, you know, now we can take on another uh, part of, you know, having a brewery is doing self-distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's going to be a lot of growing pains, a lot of trying to figure it out. Um, but also this community in the brewing industry is great because we can – bounce ideas off of other brewers or other business owners and just like, Hey, what works for you? What doesn't, you know, like, how do we set it up to, you know, how do we even pay a sales guy? Um, so it's been, it's just constantly learning and, and trying to research and trial and error. And so but you can do it from, you know, we technically got licensed on a 10 barrel, you know, or a 10, 10 gallon system. That was our license. So, I mean, <laughs> you can do it. You can, you just got to get creative and, uh, and, have a very good support system. My wife is great. Um, and even my business partner, Andrew, the family, there's huge support and sacrifice that, that you do just knowing that, Hey, there's an end goal and let's, uh, let's take the steps to get to those goals. Sweet. So, um, you've got a massive beer selection on that tap menu downstairs and we'll post that online. But so you specialized in Belgians as a home brewer and that's kind of was your niche, but You've got one Belgian on down there, right? And we talked about you're using Wireman, and there's a German focus to this. The beers are very, very clean. So uh, what style do you gravitate to? I mean, everybody goes for IPAs, right, because IPAs sell. That's the thing that's churning. But what are you trying to do from my brewery perspective as far as making beer? What, what are you hanging your hat on? Well, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm a seasonal guy, so it kind of yeah. depends on the I season. But we wanted to be able to have a great portfolio of just great quality traditional beers that actually fit the profile of what those beers should be like. Uh, here in the Northwest, a lot of times that gets pushed to the limits. And, um, and so when we do try to do you know, some traditional beers like a German beers, we try to use most of them are like German ingredients and trying to make it a traditional style. And... You know, I've been saying it for a little while of, of people wanting to kind of get back to those more the lower alcohol beers, the yep. lagers, and, you know, it, it, a lot of the big breweries and stuff, 
even medium-sized breweries are transitioning and putting a few lager tanks in because, you know, that's kind of what people want again. You're always going to have, you know, the IPAs and stuff. They're fantastic because the hop profiles are just all over the place and great flavors coming from it. So we'll always do that. We're in the Northwest. We love the IPAs. Um, but our core beers, a lot of them are just traditional style, clean German style beers um, from, you know, our Doppelbach to our Pilsner to our, you know, Happy Camper Hefeweizen. Um, it's a traditional German beer. So um, it's, it's fun to brew it like that. Our system is a, the brew house is a pretty unique system. Um, it's a, I call it a hybrid system. But we'll, we're able to do some step mashes and really kind of fine-tune a lot of those beers that that's how it was done traditionally to begin with. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's been fun. And, and like I said, it's, my favorite beer to brew is a, is a stout. Um, yep. And that's why we have some stouts year-round. <laughs> but uh, Well, you have three on. And again, we're in the summer technically, and you've got three on downstairs. So let's talk about the stouts that you've got on. Because, again, you told me a great story about the subwoofer, right? But... Um, they're each very, very, very different. Gary, was my co-host, was telling me, got to try the winter one, and that's not the one I've had yet, so I'll try it before I leave. But we've got three stouts on in the summer. No, it's, it's a huge board. I mean, you've got a bunch of stuff on, but um, you're a stout guy. So talk to me a little bit about what you try to do with your stouts. Yeah, so we try to, you know, be pretty dynamic with our stouts. And so, like, the first one is our Starry Night Stout. Um, and I always kind of dub that as our, as our summertime stout. Still has a lot of good flavor, but it's just a little bit lighter to drink. It's a little lower in the alcohol, and that's kind of like our year-round um, great summertime uh, stout where it's not super thick, it's not you know, super rich, but it's got those good robust flavors into it. Um, and then our winter-fall stout is, uh, is one that we add some like chocolate to, we add cold brew coffee to, a little more dynamic, a little bit higher in the alcohol, and it's kind of like your dessert type of a stout you know that lot it's a little bit thicker mouthfeel uh, a little more bold but in in so that one is kind of more of your traditional uh stout local coffee roaster or what are you doing for coffee yeah the coffee's local um uh here in silverton so um and then you know then we then we kind of step it up to our, our subwoofer <laughs> stout which is uh that's gonna be full body thick tons of flavor to you know to, to help with that higher alcohol because it's over 10 percent alcohol and that was a fun project that we did starting this last summer with uh, alpha sound and devin and just like hey let's do an imperial stout he does pro audio and so he wants to do a cool video and so we ended up and we kind of wanted to find out what the max that we can put in our in our new tin barrel system and just as far as grain load and and see see what we could come up with so stouts, of course, a great go-to of a lot of grain <laughs> and, uh, and filling the kettles up. So it was a project with uh, Alpha Sound, and, and we, he actually collaborated with Bauman Farms to, to get a huge pumpkin, uh, like 800, 900-pound pumpkin. And we put a 30-inch sub mounted into it and did this whole cool video. You can check it out. Um, and so it was just a kind of a promotional cross-marketing and really kind of get some exposure in, in a different industry, which you mm -hmm. still have a ton of good beer drinkers out there. And so a uh, fun little project, but, you know, we also looked at it as a little bit of research of what we can do on our system. And uh, so we put kegs, some of those kegs, and then we put some of it in some uh, whiskey barrels that we just pulled out. Oh. So those bottles will be coming out this fall. Sweet. So 
Sweet. That's fantastic. So it's uh, Oregon uh, craft beer season now. So officially July 1st we hit, and it's craft beer month. So uh, are you guys festivaling, or are you doing anything coming up with the OBF or anything like that? Well, we're still trying to uh, catch up with our self-distribution. Okay. Good. Um, Good. So we have in the past uh, done the Oregon Brewers Festival, um, but we just didn't know if we were going to have enough beer to be able to do that. Um, so, But we are doing a number of festivals around the area. Um, we, we, we do a brew fest here in Silverton. It's called uh, the Homer uh, Invitational Brew Fest, part of the Homer Davenport Days here in town. So it's a three-day festival. And, we invite, uh, I think, like nine other breweries, a couple different cideries, and it's just kind of a taste of the Willamette Valley. Um, a lot of them are all self-distribution type breweries. Uh, so we'll be coming out with some announcements here in the next week or so, uh, and that's the first weekend in August. Cool. Um, so, yeah, it's it's festival season, so yeah. we'll be out and about. Well, yeah, last weekend of July is OBF, and then first weekend of August. It sounds like a big, huge festival here, so that'll be exciting. Well, Eric, I appreciate the time here. So listeners, come out to Silverton. Check out Silver Falls Brewing, and uh, it's fantastic. Great beers, great setting, beautiful building, and, uh, again, appreciate your time, man. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Appreciate right. it. Yeah, take care. All right, big thanks to Eric from Silver Falls Brewing. So, yeah. uh, great interview, and um, again, kind of cool because Homer Fest is next week, huh? Yeah, we just learned about that. So, Homer's Fest. So, if you're in the Willamette Valley and you want to check out a great brew fest, uh, again, head down to Silverton. Sounds like there's a, a great festival going on that way. We'll include uh, a link to it, uh, kind of in the show notes there. So. Um, so I was looking over my beer notes from when I recorded the interview with Eric and, uh, by far, uh, I mean, all of the beers were fantastic. Everything was four stars out of the five. And, um, but I enjoyed that subwoofer Imperial stout. Interesting. I'm actually interested to try that subwoofer on the, uh, barrel that they released this fall. Yeah. When it comes out this fall, that'd be a great bottle to get a hold of. But I had their IPAs. I had the that a strong ale, um, the Mind Reflects of Gold Stash Strong. Um, I had the Cream Ale. I had their Pilsner. Again, all of that stuff was fantastic. And uh, but again, big thanks. Uh, good food, great beer, and uh, even better company. They were very hospitable there. So cool. Check them out. And then while I was down there, I mean, we got to kind of do a guy's trip down that way because you could do uh, the Abbey, Mount Angel Abbey. Yep. You could do Ratchet Brewing, which I believe took over the uh, Seven Bride space, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And uh, stop there. They have some great IPAs. And then you could do Silver Falls. And then I believe there's another brewery in the area that you could hit too. So um, we could do kind of like a kind of a rotation. And then. Tim's down that way too over in Salem. Yeah, yep, so he is. You could check him out. But cool. All right. Well, that's what we've got for our interview. Um, let's flip it over to Beer in the News. We interrupt our program to bring you a special broadcast. Beer in the News. So these are the uh, topics that are in the news related to beer. So again, this is just kind of a scan of Brew Public and some other sites uh, that are on there to kind of see what's going on. Probably the biggest thing is Oregon Brew Fest yeah. this weekend. Yeah. So, uh, again, it started off on Wednesday, uh, I believe July 28th, and it's running through today, July 30th. 
A um, little bit shorter festival than the past. Yep. Also a little bit smaller. Went from 80 taps down to 40 taps. One tent, not two tents. Uh, no, there were two tents. Well, so tent, one tent, one full one, size one full size compared tent, to the two yeah. tied. Yeah. And, and two full size trailer areas. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it really, it was usually in the past, it's it's on one side, yep. courtyard, and then you have another side. Correct. And there's literally the entrance area where all the food places are at and then it's just beer. And then everything was so, off to yeah. the uh, south side. And no special taps, no uh, right. high token brewer taps or anything like that. Right. So, um, but anyways, it was good. It was uh, fun to see uh, post-COVID. I know Art's been stressing out over uh, uh, getting this thing back up and yeah. numbers have been dropping over the years. It's been hot this week. Super hot. So uh, it's good for him to again. They're they're expecting about thirty five to forty thousand people to show up to this thing. Um, said it was a little bit light Thursday, um, but numbers picked up Friday and yep. numbers picked up today. It looks Friday, like some Friday or uh, Saturday's numbers today were looking pretty good. When yeah, we were man, we, we were in there at opening and uh, it was packed. It was packed. So yeah. By the time we were leaving, it was even more packed, especially for what they predict with a hundred degree day. So. Yeah, the good news is is the clouds were rolling in and cooling off. Yeah, so I guess takeaways, what are your favorite beers that you had? What kind of stuck out in your head? Um, we really didn't do I mean, we tasted each other's beers, but didn't yeah. have a lot of overlap. Yeah, I think uh, the favorite for me was the uh, the Creamsicle Sour. Yeah. And that I was mean, that crux. beer was just, it was amazingly refreshing. It wasn't super sour. It wasn't overly sweet. It just hit all the right notes, uh, especially for that temperature we were in. Yeah. And you had the uh, Lime Leaf Kolsch by Zeugel, right? And that was another one that I was really shocked and surprised by the uh, the flavor of that. It was really good. Yeah. So 30 bucks got you 10 tickets. They're not doing tokens this year. They'll accept tokens, but it's... Two ticket, uh, two tokens equals one ticket. Right. Um, so that gets you a four ounce taste. So uh, yeah, um, I had the raindrops on Rose City, which was one of the ones everybody was talking about coming into it. This is by Ale Song. It's a uh, Pinot Noir slash barrel aged uh, kind of a wine beer. Wine beer mix. Yeah, yeah. And, um, it was good. I mean, I thought it was interesting. It's a little heavy for today. Um, Certainly tart and very different compared to everything else that was there. Very different. Yeah. And then uh, you got the uh, A Toast to Art by Ninkasi. So Jamie and team put yes. this thing together. Yeah, yeah. And that that beer was actually pretty good, especially with the heat that we were in. It was, it was pretty refreshing. Uh, you know, really good, light, tropical notes on, on the hops and just a little bitterness at the end. Yeah, and then um, one of the beers I really enjoyed, which was a surprise to me. I didn't do a lot of IPAs today. I was trying to link light, drink light, and I drink actually drink a lot of sours. Yeah. Um, but the Hot Vault Series number 3 by Terminal Gravity actually sticks out. That was another just a really, really good beer. Really solid, very malty, um, almost, um, almost Palette Jack-esque. Yeah, so. and, and the hops that they used in the blend was perfect. There was wasn't super bitter, but it was very flavorful from the hop side. Beer that surprised us, brand new brewery that we need to stop by. We've been talking about this for a while, but uh, Steeplejacks. You did the Coat Busser, um, 
and that was the uh, weedy type beer. Um, and there's a lot of hype going on about Steeplejack in town, but uh, this beer was not something that really jived with your taste buds, that, buddy. Yeah, from from my taste buds, that is not a beer I would ever order again. <laughs> Never. I don't and, know what it was, whether it was the heat or what. And he talked about the Tangy Boomerang by Crux. Um, very, very interesting beer. Orange Sickle-esque. Very good uh, beer. Yeah, very good. And while you were drinking that, I was drinking the Tequila Barrel Aged Cactus Attactus. Yes. It's a sour, uh, prickly pear. They called uh, kind of a lime margarita, pickly pear margarita. Yeah, they called it a prickly pear margarita, but in beer, beer form. Yeah, and it, it was. It had a big tequila pop to it, and uh, that was by Hopworks. Fantastic little beer. Enjoyed it. Tried a couple of vices. Um, I had the Country Time Vice by Upright. Uh, certainly a face puncher as far as uh, <laughs> uh, the sourness. And then I tried the Cheeky Dribble by Threshold, which is also a uh, vice. Um, it was peach. I'm not a big peach guy. Yeah. And it kind of hit me in the face with that armpit peach taste. So, <laughs> so. But uh, I certainly could appreciate it. And then, uh, again, we started the whole thing off with the 25th anniversary Hoppy Lager that we talked about. That was actually a good beer. Yeah, Caldera out of Southern Oregon. Um, fantastic beer. Great way to start the brew fest for us. So, But in all, I mean... 40 beers. We tried, between the two of us, 20 beers. Yeah, quite a um, few. Yeah, yeah. Good beers. Tasted well. Good the festival. B- the Black, uh, what was it, Black Lager? Black Pilsner, yeah. Or Black yeah. Pilsner, yeah. The yeah. Black Pilsner was surprisingly good, yeah. uh, especially for a hot day like this. It uh, it wasn't overly malty. Uh, it was actually a very good beer. Yeah, there was a Stickman Brewing. I'm about it. Black Pilsner. It's a mix of old and new. Crisp refreshing pilsner with stout like roasty taste but light like a pilsner yeah it went well it was freaking hot today so it was turned out well well also in beer the news i guess we should really talk about move on from obf um mcminimins is actually hosting on the same weekend which is pretty controversial to me it's weird they're doing a lager fest this weekend out at wilsonville interesting so it's like direct throwdown to art hey dude we're hosting our own brew fest this weekend come out to our lager festival interesting yeah so uh, wilsonville this weekend july 30th lager festival um out at the old church site for mcminimins um interesting and then kind of cool coming up saturday july 30th actually right now That's huh? right now west today. side pub in bend 10 barrels hosting the beer wars and it's live music hot wings and 20 beers um, essentially, Tim Barrel hosts people to come in, and they basically uh, compete against each other for wings and beer. So interesting, big big showdown. So we should actually hopefully see some stuff on this and figure out what happened. And then in September, on September twenty fourth, up at Georgetown uh, Brewing, um, they're having Rainier, the R Day for Rainier beer, returns in September, and so. Essentially, they're doing their R-Day, and Rainier Beer is making a return at the festival. Oh, interesting. Up in Georgetown, Seattle. Fans of Rainier Beer, check out uh, Georgetown Brewing on 924. Um, There's a festival just for you, so that's kind of cool. Old, old beer, and certainly enjoy a good Rainier from time to time, especially if I'm at a Timbers game, and that's 
a cheap can that you can buy compared yeah, to everything else. Yeah, very definitely. Uh, Vancouver, BC in August. Uh, they're hosting on August 6th uh, the Farmhouse Festival. So if you're a fan of farmhouse beers, head up north to Vancouver, BC. Check out this festival. Um, all sorts of funky and wild fruity beers. So mixed fermentation, all sorts of stuff. Uh, this is supposed to be like the thing as it relates to farmhouse beer. So check hmm. this out. And then kind of wild and wacky stuff going on. Vancouver-based Fortside Brewing is basically suing over or suing Oregon over a beer distribution. <laughs> and so Fortside's like, dude. You guys are screwing us here. What's going on? And so the, there's a bunch of Washington breweries, essentially, that Probably have... jumping on that bandwagon. Jumping on this. Nope. And the lawsuit against the state of Oregon um, regarding distribution. And so it says that Oregon law currently requires out-of-state breweries that want to sell their beer in Oregon to obtain a federal wholesaler's permit. And they're saying, that's crap. We don't, we don't have to do that. Why do we have to do that? And so uh, there's a big... Big lawsuit going on regarding that because uh, Washington breweries see Portland as a place that they can actually do something here. So, especially if they're in the Vancouver area, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, what else we got? There's a beer destroying ghost, dude, in a British pub. In a British pub in Britain, man. I mean, what the hell's going on in Britain? It's nuts. Basically, a ghost was allegedly captured on camera. So there's cameras all over things now. Yeah, and a ghost was captured on camera in a 300-year-old British pub in White Swan Inn in Bedfordshire, a county basically in eastern England. They got a uh, closed-circuit camera television uh, picture of this thing, and it basically shows a beer bottle suddenly shooting off the shelf and crashing onto the floor with nobody else around, and also a a, uh, glass of Coors Light being tipped over. Interesting probably tip over the uh, glass of Coors Light myself. Yeah, the, the ghost didn't like the Coors Light, obviously. Especially in Britain. It's like, what the it's fuck like, is what this the doing hell here? Is like, what this? are we doing? <laughs> We're in Britain, dude. We don't need Coors Light. What is this hop water? Yeah, you know what? I mean, ghosts want good beer. They just want quality beer. Yeah, I don't, apparently. I don't blame the ghosts. It's an old pub. You should have good beer there. So, And then uh, also, uh, in strange beer news, a man with a beer comes to a residence door for help. Basically, in Gates Mills, Ohio, a resident reported on July 19th that a man came to her door holding a beer and said, please call my boss uh, because my vehicle is broken down and I have no cell phone. So the officers, police officer showed up because they said this is weird. So the lady called the cops, not the guy's yeah. boss. Yeah. And uh, figured out he was doing survey work at a neighboring lot. And then his boss showed up as well. And basically, the guy had been sitting there drinking beers instead of doing survey work. Oh, boy. Right? And so here, he just wanted to ride home from his boss. But now, guess what? He's got the popo there and his boss. And he probably lost his job. So Probably. Yeah. So several. That's that's not not good. So drinking on the job was the uh, deal. Wasn't supposed to be drinking on the job. (laughs) Not a lot of smarts on that side. No. So, and then the final thing we've got, beer news-wise, you like mac and cheese, dude? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Just don't craft, eat it anymore. Are you a craft just, guy? Just don't you, eat it anymore. You're a Dickie's barbecue mac and cheese guy? What are you? I was a huge Dickie's mac and cheese barbecue yeah, I guy. I like some but, good uh, mac and cheese, dude. Not since 2018. I found some great mac and cheese. It sounds yeah. sounds really dirty and like may change the listeners' ideas of 
the high brownness they hold me to. Okay. But uh, Walmart brand, whatever that brand is, they have a peppered Asiago or white cheddar um, mac and cheese, like a deluxe version <laughs> for what it is. It's Walmart mac and cheese. Dude, it is dirty, but it's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Peppered Asiago slash white cheddar. You heard it here first. I'm telling you, telling you it's good. Jason well, so Rogers. on that note, we might have to try this. So there's a new mac and cheese out, and it's an IPA-inspired mac and cheese. Yeah. yeah. It's a uh, $17.99 for a four-pack, or four, $45 for a 12-pack. No way. It's called Goodles, and it's a beer-flavored mac and cheese. I ain't paying that much for mac and cheese. Dude, it sounds fantastic. No, not for that price. It says, the backstory, yes, your macaroni and cheese just got boozy. Technically, there's no alcohol on it, but a soon-released product from Goodles, a new mac and cheese brand, aims to make a better tasting and essentially uh, designs it to taste like a beer, specifically an IPA. That's ridiculous. There you go. So it says, in short, this isn't exactly the craft mac and cheese your kids would get. Um, This is adult mac and cheese. So there you go. I think we need to get a get a thing of this. I might order some of this in our next podcast. We might uh, in like six months. I might uh, serve this up to us. What do you think? Yeah, it sounds like a waste of money. <laughs> Forty five bucks. That's outrageous. Man, there you go. There's your Christmas present. So, <laughs> beer news. There you go. Beer news. Beer news. What'd you think? Beer mac cra- and cheese? A lot of crazy stuff out there. Yeah, you know, ghost tipping over beers, beer news. IPA, mac and cheese. All sorts of crazy whack that stuff. Why don't they make a stout mac and cheese? That Come actually on. would be fantastic, except probably it would be dark, right? Probably well, yeah, but you again. could do like a Gouda. Oh, Gouda stout, mac yeah. and cheese. Come on. Yeah, I agree. That might be good. So, yeah. But you're not supposed to be eating that crap. No, probably not, but... All right, buddy. Well, thanks to uh, Eric over at Silver Falls Brewing. Appreciate you. And yeah. uh, big thanks to Art Lawrence for some time today at the Brewfest. Yep. And uh, another successful OBF in the books. Glad to see that back post-COVID. Yes. Um, and I guess uh, we're, we've are we got kind of crazy schedules coming up. So uh, <laughs> yeah, look for erratic-type uh, podcasts from us. We'll apologize right now. Yeah, but uh, yeah. We'll, we'll try to be a little bit more regular and do some stuff there. So, but anything else, buddy? That's it. All right. That's all we got. Tim Beers. Tim Beers. Thanks for listening to the Portland Tim Beers Podcast. Be sure to visit the Portland Tim Beers Podcast on ACAST.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. If you love the Tim Beers Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Tim Beers. Tim Beers.